Welcome to Nat and Chat. This episode is about emotions and the many perceptions we have about being emotional. My experience has been a bit of a battle from the years of training that emotions need to be quashed and that they make you look dramatic. I don't believe that anymore. Situational emotions. I keep coming back to something a stranger turned friend said in my first conversation with her. We were talking about emotions, and I brought up what I said in my podcast episode, Fear, Doubt, and the Negative Committee, where Eckhart Tolle says, we should be able to say to ourselves, I don't mind when something happens that upsets us, and how I really don't feel that I can do that. Rebecca, this new friend, is a lawyer who has worked with the majority of men for years, and she replied to me with something like this. Isn't that just what a man would say? Men have the luxury of turning things off and telling themselves it doesn't matter. They're so good at minimizing and they don't like emotions. I went silent as it sunk in and I realized how right she was. I don't always think of the difference in sexes first. Both sexes should be sensible. Both sexes should care about human decency. And both sexes should want to be the best version of themselves. It's not that I forget these underlying factors of inequality, such as priorities, perspective, and respect, but possibly because I don't spend a lot of time around men and their opinions in my house or on TV, so I don't have the views of men skewing my current experience of life. I don't have the great sex divide at the forefront of my mind especially on this subject of emotions. I'm not considering how men feel things. I'm looking at the fact that I do feel a lot of things. I allowed what Rebecca said to sink in as examples from my life came to mind. I saw how beautifully she hit the nail on the head and not pointing to society. Things my ex-husband used to say about my feelings that were me being dramatic and how I used to minimize my feelings around him so that I didn't have to listen to him telling me that I'm making things a big deal. You may have heard me mention in an old podcast about how I even learned to not get excited. Lately, I've been listening a lot to Glennon Doyle, and so many things she says I have felt or I can relate to because she's such a genius at breaking down how she sees something. And that woman cares. Things matter to her. She won't just not mind when something comes up. She wants to seek solutions, and she wants to understand herself. So it's fair to say I absolutely do relate to her, and as much as I want to be like Eckhart Tolle and not mind, I'm not a man, and I can't often do that. I will absolutely admit that Eckhart's book A New Earth was a game-changer in my life when I was falling apart married to an alcoholic I loved deeply. But I also have to point to Glennon's incredible book, Untamed, and the severe honesty with which she shares her feelings and emotions. It's like a breath of fresh air and the permission women need to feel anything. No, I don't give big shits about every single thing, but I do give big shits about many things, and I'm a person who cares. I've also been learning to care about my feelings since I divorced nine years ago. That's why I have a podcast. I'm now in a world 
where self-awareness is what I do. I don't do the minimizing thing anymore, believing I'm last on the list of important people. Rebecca gave me an extra level of clarity that as a woman, I can't minimize the unminimizable. Women give more shits. It's just how we're built. Sure, there must be men who also give lots of shits. But if we could somehow categorize men by the ability to decide to not mind versus those who can't, experience shows the scales will tip heavy to the not-minders. Rebecca and I have stayed in touch, and although our friendship is still young, we continue this conversation in emails, and recently she added to it saying this, In all my years of graduate school and work life, I was always indoctrinated with the belief that emotions are useless and should always be suppressed because they interfere with rational, intelligent thought. Being an emotional person, this was very hard for me. Now that I have extricated myself from these hierarchical systems, I find that emotions are super important in guiding everything I do. Nothing has any meaning when you strip it of our emotions about it. For example, I really think that doing all this not-minding for the last few centuries is what allowed us to go down a path of such massive environmental destruction that may already be irreversible. I have watched grown, educated men engage in the most mindless and stupid behaviors collectively due to the complete absence of the moral guidance that intact emotions would normally provide. I now believe that those who dismiss emotions are just ignorant of the sophistication and usefulness of the emotional apparatus they're missing or that they have stunted to the point of being useless. I remember one of Roger Bresney's astrological columns, in which he quoted a female writer who said she adored her wild, savage, raw, powerful emotions that to her were like a magnificent beast that nourished and protected her through rough times. This is very paraphrased. I can't remember her exact words, but they struck a deep chord and they are the exact opposite of what I was indoctrinated with all my life. She recommended that we celebrate our plentiful and unruly emotions as the source of our strength and wisdom. She said it way better than I'm paraphrasing here. I really wish I could find that snippet again. I think I agree with her. Now, when it comes to trauma, it seems to me that trauma can so rattle the emotional apparatus that either we get too many emotions or they become too unruly to serve as a guiding system. And in that case, they could interfere with normal everyday life or our enjoyment of it. I'm almost as curious about trauma as I am about healing. Trauma can be healed, but it can also propagate itself, sometimes through generations, it seems to me. I don't know how to think of it, though. Do you think it could be like a malign force that nevertheless must yield to the power of healing? I do, Rebecca. I feel like emotion unbridled, irrespective of which emotion, has a force or frequency that goes to work performing one job or another. Many of these emotions are ultimately healing us, but I do believe it's possible that some emotions are damaging. However, I'm not saying that those should never be felt. I think that it's just as useful to feel them and recognize them as the non-beautifying force they are. But also, in order to recognize and decide that, they must still get felt first. 
It's like the recognition must happen in its proper order so that the healthy emotions can align and the understanding of the unhealthy ones can live tidy in a drawer that you don't always have to open. But it's not a drawer full of monsters you don't know either. It's an educated drawer, a sensible place to put these things, and it happens through feeling first. Again, this is why I write. This is why I share. This is why I record. Because I don't want anything I feel to be in charge of me again, dictating who I am and that I remain silent. Sadness, excitement, or anger, I'm in charge. I can see clearer than ever that my emotions are based on reasons. Again, cause and effect. You hear me say those words all the time. Every cause has an effect. Hell, think about it. Why would we be emotional beings if emotions were meant to be quashed? Men are taught from a young age to ignore their emotions to not cry, be a man, and having emotions like women is just making mountains. Don't be sensitive. Don't take time to consider your feelings, yours or others. Men are just shoving everything in the drawer without even looking twice. They think it makes it go away, but it just makes them empty and able to say women are too much. Which brings me to the situational part again. Situations often dictate my emotions and how I feel. I have fought this for so long because I've been telling myself I'm not supposed to let that be the case. And in a shallow way, that's true. I shouldn't. I should be in control of myself, not allowing others to control me and my reactions. But if someone is hurt, I'm sad. If something bad happens, I cry. If someone is mean, I'm bugged. If someone is stupid, I'm annoyed. If someone isn't okay, I'm concerned. If work is too chaotic, I'm overwhelmed. When I can choose differently, especially if I can choose something that feels better, I try to do that. I do a pretty good job at choosing often. I do try to avoid choosing anger. I avoid choosing offended. And I try to avoid choosing hurt. But try to and avoid are the operative words. I think that we, anyone who can relate, male or female, struggle to allow choice. We struggle to allow feelings. We struggle to believe that we can be present with what we are feeling and look it in the face to choose something else or allow it to be felt. I grew up facing an angry parent all the time, and I saw how unnecessary anger is as the first go-to emotion in any situation, especially when there are a myriad of emotions you could choose instead. So I've always struggled with feeling anger, even when it fits, because I haven't wanted to be that person. I'm extra ugly and awkward in anger. But I'm finally accepting I do feel anger when I'm pushed into feeling it. A few months ago, I shouted at someone I care about because of something they were saying, how they were acting, and what they were doing. I felt unable to choose anything but anger. The situation they created and my feelings about it is a perfect example of what I'm calling situational emotions. Emotions that are felt because a situation arises that creates them. 
And I do mean any situation, not just big situations. Like, for example, if someone you care about criticizes you or is mean, you wouldn't feel the emotions caused by that if the words weren't said. And so having emotions is a very normal thing. So the more I think about it, the more I notice almost all emotions we have are situationally related. It sounds obvious, so I feel like I'm struggling to make my point clearly. Oh, like a two-year-old. Anything that happens to a two-year-old, they have to react with emotions because they don't have language to tell you that they are cool or not cool with it. They make their emotions large so you understand what they need you to know. The problem I'm trying to explain is that people act like having emotions makes you like the two-year-old. Like you shouldn't react with emotions to anything when you are an adult. And that is why my ex-husband acted like any big emotions made me dramatic in his eyes and why I tried to never visibly react. It's also why I kept all my thoughts inside, sharing very little. Even without ever saying I shouldn't have emotions about situations, I had that clearly communicated to me for many years. Add to that my childhood, which I have described many times as me being like a bird dog, ready to fetch if expected to fetch, and quiet otherwise. Which is also why, if you know me, you know I'm not quiet. I named my podcast Nat and Chat because now I have a voice and I won't be shushed. So I'm still to this day realizing I need to allow more room to feel whatever arises because of situations and not tell myself I have to stop doing this in order to find something close to not minding. The best reason for this is because of conscious acknowledgement of emotions. That's how you aren't a two-year-old. By naming what I feel, feeling it, and being aware I can healthily make a decision about how I want to feel next, now that sounds like what I should do. I might have continued sadness or anger, but I might not. So no, I can't not mind. But maybe even more healthy is to feel and know it's okay to feel. Then acknowledge the situation, why the situation led to the feeling, and what you can choose to feel moving forward. This is just another example of moderation in all things. No, I don't want everything I feel to be dictated by events, others, happenstance. That's not what I'm saying. Nor am I saying my feelings need to be moderated. I'm saying we can be sensible while still being affected. Things come up and we have feelings about them. I have another example of situational emotions on the other end of the spectrum. A few days ago, a friend of mine replied to a text message with a voice capture. What I heard was lots of laughter. The sound of someone I love laughing was overwhelming to my emotions in a beneficial way. It made my day. I can't deny that joy over the small thing of laughter any more than I can deny the upset of what happened to make me shout at someone I care about. I'm going to have feelings based on events. Fact. Everyone has situational emotions, and we need to see that clearer via empathy. And maybe we all have different situational emotions about the same situations. 
The point is, we should not try to tell ourselves we should not have emotions. But we also need to remember this related to others, not just ourselves. We need to judge less, be offended less, and accept situations do dictate how all of us feel. Do they need to? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe some days there's no way to avoid being controlled by a situation. It seems that the awareness of that is more important than the defeat or upset or negative self-talk that can result from it. You don't have to be a two-year-old. And it's not cool for anyone to tell you that by having situational emotions, that you are one. The old saying, live and let live, comes up in many things I write about. Your life is yours. The person next to you is also doing life. Their life. Worry about yourself. Let them do the same. Sometimes people are part of your situation and your feelings, and sometimes you are part of theirs. I don't think the goal should be to not mind. It seems more important to allow and then find ways to move on.